right, if you have your Bible, you can turn over to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6 is where we're going to begin. Matthew 6, 25. Matthew 6, 25, and I'm going to read through verses 33. Six twenty-five, In the book of Matthew, this is the words of the Lord Jesus. This is Jesus himself speaking. He says this. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. For your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? Don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat, what will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you do provide all of our needs. Lord, we're here tonight, Lord. We're here seeking after you, seeking your kingdom seeking the righteousness that we know is found only in Christ Jesus. We thank you as we just celebrated that we are in right standing with you because of the cross. Lord, I pray you help us as we get into your word and as we desire to know you more and, 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 and draw closer to you. Lord, help us, reveal yourself to us, reveal your word to us in a greater way. Holy Spirit, help me to teach and preach tonight. Open up our hearts, our minds, our ears, our spirits, and the grace to not only receive it, but apply it to our lives in Jesus' name, I pray, amen. Hey, let me ask you a question. You, have you ever uh, been reading something, uh, whether it be a book or your Bible, and, and you're reading, and you might even have been reading a chapter, two chapters, I mean a paragraph, two paragraphs, maybe even a whole chapter, and when you get to the end of it, you realize, I don't know what I just read, because your mind was like somewhere else. You ever did that? You were like, a lot, most of us do. You know, you read, I'm like, man, I, I read line for line, word for word, but I don't know what I just, I, I was, my mind was somewhere else. Where quite a few years ago, I was reading this actual, I was reading this passage I just read to you. And as I was reading it, I was actually preparing um, to, uh, to preach on a Sunday morning. And I started thinking about what I was going to wear that day. I started thinking about what I was going to wear and if I needed to go buy a new shirt and, and that kind of thing. And I'm not joking. As I'm reading through this chapter in Matthew, I'm thinking about these things. And I, I kid you not, as I was thinking about this, I, I, I'm thinking about it. Then I kind of shook it off and be like, okay, let me concentrate and focus on what I'm thinking now. The very next line, this is, I didn't make this up. I'm telling you the truth. The very next verse I read was, and why worry about your clothing? All joking aside, I'm like... All right, Lord. And like sometimes you wonder if God's speaking to you. In that instance, I knew behind a shadow of a doubt that God was speaking to me, right? Why? Were, I'm thinking about what I'm aware of when I'm reading the Word of God. And he says, hey, don't worry about your clothing. 
10-4, got it, Lord. You know, I know that's something small, obviously. You know, I know worrying about what I'm aware of, you know, that day was something small. But we all go through life, especially th- through tough times, and we worry about things. Isn't that right? You know, right now, again, with, I know we've been saying it a lot, but it's true that probably the two biggest things that the nation is, is, is seeing, or maybe three things I'll mention just in general, is the economy, especially in Lafayette, been hit one of the hardest. I mean, the economy, and maybe you lost your job or you got to cut and pay. Maybe you still haven't found a job. I know some of y'all in here is maybe still looking and, and, and for a job. That's a huge thing. Maybe it's the, the political landscape. You look at that right now, and you, if you follow politics or, or whatnot, you can get discouraged pretty quickly. No matter what side of the aisle you're on, well, you know, maybe not, but, you know, you're just looking at even just the way, and, and regardless of, like, what, what party you support or what person, you just look at how things are being handled. And, and I don't know about y'all, but I'm, I, my thoughts are like, and I'm not calling out one particular person, I'm just like, man, is this what... The presidency, the, the running for the presidency has come down to. Have y'all thought about that? Watching debates and interviews and stuff. And I, again, I'm not, I'm not calling out one person just as a whole. I'm just like, man, this is, this is crazy, you know? And uh, just a lack of professionalism is what I'm getting at. You know, just starting there and then, you know, we can move on further. What about, again, it seems like almost every other week or, you know, you either see a mass shooting or a, a terrorist attack. Just yesterday, we see another horrible terrorist attack. In Brussels, you know, there's, I mean, just general things that are going on in our, in our, in our world each and every day, it, it can cause worry to rise up. And personally, it could be marriage problems. It could be, you know, some health issues that you're dealing with, you know. Um, I mean, major health issues, you know, that, that we have, you know, brother Larry, that's, you know, just, we're standing in faith, but that's, that's a, that's a big thing. You know, I mean, you, whether you're going through a health issue, maybe you know someone that is, maybe you've been dealing with something, maybe it's a, it's a loved one that's not saved or a wayward child. All these things are serious things. And even though these things and anything else that you worry about that I didn't list that you might be thinking are big, you know, the bottom line is. What Jesus is saying, it doesn't do us a bit of good to worry about it. Not one bit. And so I want to unpack that a little bit this evening. I want to ask you the same question that Jesus asked us, and that's why worry? Why worry? I want to start tonight by looking at some of the negative effects of worry. Some of the negative effects, or really the first part is, is the uselessness and the negative effects of worry. So, so number one, I want to look at how worrying doesn't accomplish anything. Again, in verse 27, Jesus said, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And what's the answer? No, it, it can't, it doesn't, it doesn't add a single moment. It doesn't help the situation. Worrying does not help the situation. Now, I know right out of the gate, I know this is not easy. We all deal with it. Even, you know, if you've, you've, you've gotten further along the life or down the road, all of us deal with worry at some point or another. And look at it, but we know it, it accomplishes nothing. And, and Luke's account of, of this same uh, uh, teaching of Jesus in Luke 12, 25, it says, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? It says, and if worry can't accomplish a little thing like that, What's the use of worrying over bigger things? So Jesus is even addressing, listen, worry can't even add a moment, a second, right there. Another second just passed. Like he said, worrying's not going to accomplish even that little thing, so why worry about bigger things? You might say, man, I have something big that I'm dealing with. You have no idea about it. You know, you're right. I, I don't. I, I don't know what everybody's dealing with, what's going on. Maybe your personal life or a family member. But I do know this. That worrying about it 
will not accomplish anything. It'll, it won't help anything get better. In fact, we know it only makes it worse, right? Worrying about a situation only makes it worse. And I'll, I'll just real quick say, just today, just today, I, I, I you know, I, I played some scenarios. Man, you ever like have to talk to someone about something and you think, okay, if they, they're probably going to say this. And if they say this, I'm going to say this. And or you start even thinking about what they're going to say. And your, your thought about what they're going to say starts getting you upset. You ever had that happen? You hadn't even talked to that person yet. And it's like, that happened to me today. I'm going to confess my sin. It, today I started thinking about that. And I'm like, you are getting so worked up and worrying. And you hadn't even talked to that person about it. And I mean, again, and then, I'm, I'm, you know, as I'm even saying this, it's like, man, it's so true. It didn't accomplish anything. All it did was maybe raise my blood pressure a little bit, made my ears red. Did your ears get red when you get, like, frustrated sometimes? Even later in the day, I had a headache, which, I, you know, I was like, man, I think, yeah, you know how you can get a headache from, like, crying a lot? But then you get, like, that high blood pressure headache, too. You ever get a headache just from getting, like, frustrated or just worrying about something? You ever get that? Or is it just me? You know, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It, and so... As I'm, I didn't even plan on even sharing that, but as I'm thinking about it, it's like, okay, I asked the Lord to leave me. That ha- I did that today. I'm at fault. I need this message. And y'all can just listen in as I'm sharing with myself, apparently, because the Lord pointed something out to me right away. Verse, I mean, point one. So we know worrying doesn't accomplish anything. Number two, and this is the big thing. This is what we see often is that, and this is right out of the scriptures, worry weighs you down. Worry weighs you down. How do I know that? Because Proverbs 12, 25 says, Worry weighs a person down. I didn't have to dig too deep in the Hebrew to figure that one out. Worry weighs a person down, and an encouraging word cheers a person up. Worry will weigh you down physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Worry will affect each and every part of our our bodies, our being, our relationships. It affects everything around us. We were not designed to carry the burden of worry, fretting, and anxiety. The load is simply too much for the human body and the central, central nervous system to tolerate. In fact, I looked at this, I studied this before. In fact, the medical world has confirmed, listen to this. That, listen, the major source of sickness in the Western Hemisphere is due to stress and pressure. You would think, man, well, you know, we can't, all the food we eat, all the, the stuff, all the, you know, um, toxins and all that. The, the doctors are saying that the number one cause of most physical ailments is actually stress and worry. Because when you're worried, you get stressed out, right? And, you know, Pastor Todd just told us the other day, which is good, you know, talking about spiritually how this starts in our mind. But, you know, somebody said, I think it was a pastor that shared here one time and said, you know, stress is really oppression. Stress is oppression from the enemy. I mean, it's our thoughts, but we know the enemy plants thoughts and does war against us. But worry will weigh you down in in every aspect. We know that a lot of heart attacks are due to stress, right? Just recently, someone that I know, you know, died of a massive heart attack. And they were like, man, he was the epitome of health. That he, he, eat, he ate well. He, he, you know, I mean, he was always, he exercised, man, he did all these things. You know, but afterwards we found out that, you know, he was under a lot of stress. He was under a lot of stress and worry. What about anxiety attacks? Panic attacks, anxiety attacks. 
And, you know, and I, I learned that with anxiety attacks, the, the crazy thing about that is that, you know, you could have an anxiety attack at the most random time. You don't even have to be stressing at that moment. If you're worrying a lot and you're stressing a lot, and I, I learned this because I, I knew somebody that was having anxiety attacks, and they went to the doctor, and, and they told me about it, and they said the doctor said, because, like, I started having chest pains and all this kind of stuff, and, and, and I wasn't even under any stress. I was sitting there watching a, a funny movie, a comedy. So what happens is from multiple, from being stressed out and having a bunch of worry, stress, and anxiety in your life, it's kind of like a, a, a cup of water. It fills up, fills up, and then what happens at random moment, if it gets too full, it'll just tip over. And and an anxiety attack will hit you. And the most, even if it's not a stressful moment, that comes a lot from worry, right? We were not fashioned to carry pressures, stress, anxieties, and worries. This is the reason the body breaks down when it undergoes the negative influences of worry too long. Worry will weigh you down physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And I want to look at the spiritual part of it next. How are we, we know what I just, just kind of briefly, I went over the physical effects that worry can have on our life, mentally, emotionally, and physically. But what about spiritually? Number three, a negative effect of worry is that worry drowns out God's word and promises in our life. When we worry, thank you, brother. When we worry, it, it drowns it out. L- l- let's, let's look at Mark chapter four, the parable uh, of, the, of the farmer scattering seeds. This is what Jesus said. Mark 4, 18 through 19. The seed that fell among the thorns represents others who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth, and the desire for other things. So no fruit is produced. Now there was a list of three things, but the first thing he lists was what? Worries. Was worries. And he talks about, he's talking about they hear the word of God, but worries drowns it out. So we can be reading our Bible, we can be hearing the Word of God preach, but if you're worrying, it, it, it's just like it, it's, it's flushing out all the truths of the Word of God that you're hearing. If faith comes from hearing the Word of God, worry flushes it out. Worry cancels it out. That's what Jesus said happens to people when they hear the Word, specifically the Gospels, what he was talking about here. But in general, we see what it does. Worry will crowd out what God is speaking to us through his word, again, whether we be reading it or hearing it. He tells us who we are in him, how he feels about us, and that he provides for us. Look, just in what we read in Matthew 6, 26, he tells us that we're valuable. In verse 30, he says that we, uh, he certainly cares for us. In verse 33, he says that he will give us everything we need. Isn't that good news? Isn't that awesome? We're valuable, he cares for us, and he'll give us everything we need. But we'll forget these things or not believe them if we're overcome with worry. And that's another thing. It might not even get in there if we have worry. Worry can block it as well. We can hear all this stuff. Hey, you know, God's going to provide for you, brother. Yeah, yeah, I know, but I don't have a job. Yeah, but the Lord said he would provide. Yeah, I know, but, you know, worry can block the word of God, what the word of God is saying, what he's saying to us. I've talked to so many people who, who know what the word says, but they let worry drown it out. They've been in church, been saved, been reading the Bible longer than I have, but they let worry drown it out. You know, um, y'all have all, well, let me ask you, you, you probably most of y'all have heard the expression of a worry wart, right? Ever heard the expression, man, he's a worry wart. Maybe some of y'all here are worry warts. Maybe you know someone that's a worry wart. You know, as I begin to think about this, you know, 
I begin to think about what a wart is. A wart's not pretty, right? They don't feel good. And if you ever had one, they're hard to get rid of. I've had a couple of warts before. I had one on my elbow, and I was able to get rid of that one quickly. But I had another one on my ankle. And I learned something about warts, life experience. You can get rid of warts. And it totally gone away. I, 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 I like froze it. I went to the doctor and I, I did some other stuff that, to get rid of a wart. If any of y'all ever had a wart, you know what I'm talking about. You freeze it or you. And, and then one time, I, well, it's, that's probably pretty gross. But anyway, it got knocked off. And so, um, and it was gone for like years, like literally two or three years. And one day I looked down and I had a little bump on my ankle. And I'm like, man, what's that? Don't tell me. No way. A couple of weeks went by. That wart came back. And it was gone for like completely for like two or three years. But all of a sudden, that wart decided to pop back out. And I began to think about that. I don't know who came up with the term worry wart, but maybe one of the reasons why is like, you know, you can overcome worry, but I want to guarantee you, and you know this, worry will always try to come back. Maybe that's why they, they, they tagged it as that. Worry will always try to come back. Number four, worry keeps us from the presence of God. Worry keeps us from the presence of God. We are all familiar with this story. I'm going to read it quickly. Well, maybe not all of us. Let me not assume. The story of Mary and Martha. And, 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 and we see it clearly about God's presence and what happens. Luke 10, 38 through 42 says this. As Jesus and disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed them into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There's only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken away from her. One of, you know, we, we read that story and we know, and it's true, one of, we talk about Martha's biggest problems is that she was being busy, she was gone, she was on the, on, on the run and doing stuff. But Jesus pointed out her biggest problem was she was worried. The reason she was working so hard is she was worried and, and concerned over all these details. Listen, I know there's a lot of details in our lives. But again, worrying is not going to cross those T's or dot those I's. Again, if the Lord's concerned about us and we're going to look at that and sees us and knew us from before, you know, we were, we were formed in our mother's womb. He understands every detail. I was reading again this week in Psalms where it talks about David says how, you know, uh, how... How frequent, I'm going to paraphrase, how frequent, how much are your thoughts towards me, Lord? There's so much that I can't even count them. If I tried to count the way you, amount of times you think about me, they would outnumber the grains of sand on the seashore, David says. So you know what that tells me? God thinks about us all day long. He's consumed with thinking about us. So if he's thinking about us that much, he knows every detail of our life. And we don't need to worry over every single detail of our life. You know, you've probably seen those. Matter of fact, it was at the office here this morning, but uh, those coffee mugs or maybe a bumper sticker, but I just so happened to grab the mug out of the cabinet tonight, and I was uh, drinking my coffee out of it. You've probably seen it before, and it says, uh, uh, like, good morning. This is God. I will be taking care of all your problems today. You ever seen that? And I just so happened to grab that mug, and I sat it on my desk. I'm like, huh, sounds good to me. 
Although I did confess later that I worried about something, so I didn't fully take him up on that. You know, there's been many times where I've been spending time with the Lord, I've been praying, I've been worshiping, and man, I'm just sensing God's presence. Kind of like, you know, Martha, you have the presence, Jesus is right there in their presence. And man, I've been just pressing in, whether it be just like I said, praying or worshiping or whatever I was doing. And I begin to think about something. And I begin to worry about that thing I started thinking about. And I, and I kid you not, I begin to sense the presence of God lift. You've ever been there? If you haven't, I want to encourage you never to try to get there. Because it's not a pleasant thing. It's like, oh, no, no, God, don't, where, where are you going? No. And it's, but it's because, you know what? That, that worry that, you know, you've heard, and I know it sounds cliche, but it's true. You know, you've, you ever heard the saying that if you pray, why worry? And if you worry, why pray? You ever heard that? Like if you're, if you're going to pray about something, don't worry about it. Give it to the Lord. And we're going to talk about that more detail here in just a few minutes. But, you know, worry can rob us of the presence of God. It don't have to be at your home. It could be, and it could be, Martha was worried about every little detail about the dinner. I don't know why I always go back to this. This seems common in church. But you ever been worshiping or trying to worship, but you're just thinking about what you're going to eat for lunch after church? Or maybe dinner tonight? Okay, those of y'all laughing, y'all, y'all do that too, right? Something about it, your, your stomach tries to rob your time in God's presence. Okay, help me not feel bad. How many of y'all have ever done that in worship and thought about where are we going to go eat at after? Okay, thank you. How many of y'all did that tonight? Be honest. Let me see your hand. All right. Thank y'all, man. Thank y'all for being honest. That's awesome. Amen. Thank y'all for being honest. But, you know, something as a little detail is like what, what you're going to eat after or what, you know, like in my case, you know, what, what I'm, I'm reading, what I'm aware of that day, you know. That stuff, you know, worrying could rob us of the, of the presence of the Lord. I mean, Martha had a great opportunity. And Jesus tells her, listen, you're worried about so many things. She's found the one thing that you should be concerned about. If we're going to say if there's anything we should, quote, unquote, worry about is, man, can I get in the Lord's presence today? Can I, get, can I get with the Lord today? Can I get alone? Can I get in fellowship with him? He said that's the one thing worth being concerned about. Okay, so now that we look at some, and there's obviously many, many things, you know, with some of the negative effects and the uselessness of worrying, I want to talk about here in the last few minutes we have together, how do we stop worrying? How do we overcome worrying? Well, first of all, we have to make a decision not to worry. We have to make a decision. You know what? I'm not going to worry about this. People are like, oh, it's just hard. Just I, I'm a worrier, man. I worry. You know, it's, it's hard. You have to, first of all, make a conscious decision that you're not going to worry. I'm not going to worry about this. I'm not going to worry about it. Look what it says. And, and, and it even goes deeper, even more than just making a decision. But Ecclesiastes chapter 11 and verse 9 and 10 says this. Young people, it's wonderful to be young. Enjoy every minute of it. Do everything you want to do. Take it all in. I like this, but then he turns the corner. But remember that you must give an account to God for everything you do. I used to preach this to the youth all the time. I'm like, go ahead, do what you want. Yeah. But remember, get sober. You're going to have to give an account of everything we do. Then he says this. So refuse to worry and keep your body healthy. I think that's very interesting because of what we just talked about too, right? He goes beyond saying making a decision not to worry. He says refuse to worry. Refuse it. Like just, I know I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to do that. And he says, and keep your body healthy. Again, I think there's a direct, we know there's a direct correlation to your physical health and being worried. And King Solomon, being the wisest king besides Jesus on the face of the earth, obviously he understood that too. 
He said, listen, refuse to worry. Like that, that, that wart on my ankle, it's going to always want to try to come back, but you must refuse it. You must refuse it. We have the word of God. We have the presence of God. We have, we have ways that we can do that. We have to refuse to worry. But again, you know, Brandon, you don't know what I'm going through. You're right. I don't. I remember hearing a story about a pastor that they were in the middle of building a big facility. And he had no idea where the rest of the money was going to come from to finish paying for it. And it, he said he would just walk around saying, I don't have a worry in the world. I don't have a worry in the world. The reality was there was millions of dollars that he needed to build this building. But he made a decision, I'm not going to worry about it. This is the Lord's house. This is the Lord's work. I don't have a worry in the world. The Lord's going to take care of it. That's how we need to be. And refuse. Make a decision not to worry and refuse to worry. And then, you know, him refusing to worry, he learned to do the next thing, which is trusting that God will do what he says he's going to do. And that's the big issue. This is where the rubber starts meeting the road at. Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8 says this. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank, the roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. Jeremiah likens those that fully trust in the Lord to a tree that's not worried about if it rains or not. Isn't that good stuff? Are y'all getting something from this tonight? We have to not only make a decision not to worry, but to trust the Lord. And, and that's the big thing. It's to trust that the Lord says who he is and he's going to do what he's going to do. He says he's going to do. It compares us to a tree that always produces fruit. Remember when we read in Mark how he said how, you know, worry crowds out or drowns out the word of God? What else did it say? It said that no fruit is produced. When that seed's planted and worry drowns out, Jesus said there's no tree, no fruit produced from that. So does Jeremiah. In Matthew 6.30, right in the middle of talking about worry, Jesus asks this question. He's talking about worry. He's on this, this track of why are you worrying? And then he stops and asks the question, why do you have such little faith? That's the connection right there. Worry is a lack of faith. There's no other way to slice it. Don't take it up with me. Take it up with Jesus. Why do you have so little faith? When we worry, and I'm saying we, remember, confess today, it's a lack of faith. It's a lack of faith that God's going to take care of what he says he's going to do. That's what it is. So we need to pray, Lord, as the disciples play, I believe, but Lord, help my unbelief. Help me, Lord. Give, help me again. And it's, it's faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So these things work together. You first got to re decide, refuse not to worry, and then make a decision again that you're going to trust the Lord. That even though I can't see it, even though it don't look like there's no way that God's going to come through in this thing in your mind, you got to tell yourself, yes, he will. Yes, he will. It might not work out the way we want. It might not look the way it wants to look. But you know what? If Jesus tells us something, there's a reason he's telling us and we can believe it. And again, anybody ever worried and said, man, you know, I worry, I've been working for 10 years and it's really, you know, helped my life really progress alone. I mean, worrying is one of the best things I ever did in my life. You ever heard anybody say that? Like, man, I just, I love having ulcers. They're awesome. Nobody says that, right? So listen, if you've been worrying, let's stop with the stress and the ulcers and the anxiety and, 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 and all this other stuff. 
And hey, let's make a, let's turn the corner and start trusting in the Lord. And this is my last point that I want to say of how we overcome worry is that we got to do a weight shift. We got to shift some weight over. We got to shift the weight over. You remember worry weighs you down? We have to do a weight shift. First Peter 5, 7 says this, give all your worries and cares to God for he cares about you. See, the root of, of, of the Lord not wanting to worry is because he cares for us so much as children. Those of us that have children, if we see our kids burdened down with something, we try to take that thing off of them, right? We try to help them so they don't have to carry this weight. The Lord cares. He loves us and he cares about us so much. He says, give all your worries. I want to look at two different translations because I, I wanted to, I like how New Living says, give your worries. But that give is really not an accurate translation. The, the King James Version says it more accurately. It says, casting all your care upon him because he cares for you. That word casting is the more accurate word. In the Greek, the word casting is a combination of two words, meaning upon as on the top of something, to hurl, to throw, to cast. And it often means to violently throw or sling with force. It's not just give like, here brother, I want to give you this bottle of water. It's like if I would take this bottle of water and like chunk it all my might at the back wall. That's, that's the picture. That's, that's the more casting, like throwing something off of you that you don't want. Like, I don't know, if like, you know, you were in a boat riding through the basin and you were fishing under a tree and a big snake fell on your shoulders. Would you just give it back to the water? What would you do with that snake? You would cast that thing quickly, right? You would, you would get it off of you. Casting, violently throwing, hurling, and thrusting your cares and worries on the Lord. And hey, you know, there's a great picture of this also in the Gospels. The only other place, listen to this, the only other place that that word is used in the New Testament is in Luke where the Bible says that they brought the colt to Jesus and they did what? They cast their garments on the donkey he was about to ride on. And that's important to know because it it's a correctly gives us the picture. The flinging of a garment, bag, or excess weight off of the shoulders of a person and onto the back of some beast such as a donkey, camel, or horse. The Lord wants us to throw or hurl the excess weight of worry off of our shoulders and onto his. As that, that was what was known, we didn't call it Palm Sunday. Now, we, we just went through that and we're going through leading up to the resurrection Sunday. That was when he was going in. You remember, he got on the donkey and they threw their garments in and they started laying on their garments in the palm trees and branches in front of them. That's the picture. That's what we need to do a weight shift. And it's like I say, it's, it's a hurling. It's a, not just a handing, not just, we got to get that worry off of us. And the great thing is, is like Jesus is waiting. He's saying, hey, look. I'm here. I'm your beast of burden, so to speak, right? Just like they have the same thing with these uh, camels or donkeys, you know, uh, uh, back in the day. They, they call them pack animals. They load those things down. Or like when guys, I know some guys that go like elk hunting in the mountains. Uh, and they, 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 might, they might ride horses up there, but then they'll bring extra horses. So if they kill an elk, that thing weighs, I don't know, a ton, a couple tons probably, whatever. I mean, it's, it's a big animal. Maybe not that much. It's a few hundred, I mean, probably about a thousand pounds, maybe bigger, the big bulls. And what they have to do, they bring uh, extra animals because they can't carry that stuff down the mountain. It would be tremendous. But they, they'll, they'll, they'll take some horses so whenever they quarter up that animal, they can take it down. That's what the Lord wants us to do. We walk around 
up and down many mountains in life, and we're packed out with so many worries. And the Lord is saying, hey, look, I'm here. I can remove your mountain, and I can carry all your weight around those mountains. Amen? And that's what the Lord wants us to do. That's the picture here. Peter tells us that we need to cast it because he cares for us. The word cares here means to be concerned. Listen to this. Not just like, okay, I care about you. Listen to how the depth of this word in, in the original language. It's to be concerned, to be thoughtful, to be interested, to be aware. Listen to this. To be noticed or to give painful and meticulous attention. If you ever think, man, God doesn't notice me. He pays painful, meticulous attention to you in every detail of your life. He's aware of your worries and he's concerned about you. He's not only aware, but he notices Again, and pays attention, meticulous attention to every detail of your life. And the only way that I know to cast our cares unto the Lord is through prayer. It's through prayer. And Paul says it in Philippians 4, 6. Don't worry about anything. Instead, what? Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for what he has already done. Don't worry about anything. That goes back to refusing to do it. Make it a decision. I'm not going to worry. Don't worry about anything. Cast it on him. Pray about everything. Whatever it is that you've been worrying about, that you're worrying about tonight, I want you to take some time before you leave to pray about it. We'll stand in agreement and pray about it with you. Would you please stand with me? So, I want to ask this question tonight. Whatever head bowed and every eye closed, please, if you don't mind, let's just, let's just get before the Lord, have some personal time with him. What is it that you maybe weighed down with worry about? And I'm not just saying, I know we kind of joked around a little bit about the clothes and the food, not like what you're going to eat after here. But something that's been weighing you down. Something that you say, Brandon, I've been carrying this thing like a, like a, a pack mule for years. And it's affected me. It's affected me. What is it that you're worried about? What's weighing you down? What is it that the Lord wants to take from you? And you know, he, you, you, you've maybe heard his voice already telling you to, hey, Give it to me. Not only give, cast it. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for you to hurl this thing violently off of you so you can be free, so you can be light, so you can be more agile in your life, so you can get your health back. The Lord wants you healthy spiritually. He wants you in mental health. Man, worry weighs us down in our minds so much. That's the main, that's the engine room of our worry is in that brain of ours. He wants you to be mentally healthy. What about emotionally? Man, worry just stresses us out. We talked about all the medical stuff about stress. It literally, it's a killer. Literally, it'll kill us. Physically, it begins to manifest in our bodies. Say, Brother Brandon, I, I've been, man, I've been weighed down. I've been weighed down with some, some worry. I just want you to slip your hand up, and we want to pray for you. If that's you, say, man, I've been worried about some things. We 
want to pray for you. Come on, do me a favor. If you want, you want somebody to stand with you, I want you to go ahead and slip out the altar and come on down tonight. And we're going to have somebody pray for you. Come on, come on down. We want to stand in agreement with you tonight. And as these are coming to the altar, and I'm going to ask some altar workers to, to, to come down if you're in here to, to, to pray. Some pastors and, and those that Pastor Todd have asked to, to be on the pastoral extension team, if you can come down. As these are coming down, they begin to pray. Maybe you worried about something specific I want to hit on tonight. Maybe you're worried about what's going to happen to you after you die. The Bible makes it clear that when we die, it's either heaven or hell. The Bible says it's pointed for a person to die once and after that comes judgment. If you say, Brandon, I'm worried about what happens to after I die. I'm worried about the afterlife. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know where I'm going to end up. I don't know where I'm going. If that's you and you say, Brandon, I'm worried. I haven't made myself right, right, God. I'm not at peace with the Lord. I'm not sure if I'm right with God and I'm worried about my eternity. If that's you, I just want you to slip your hand up tonight and I want to pray for you as well. If that's you, you say, Brandon, I, I, I need to be right with the Lord. I'm worried about what happens after I die. Anybody in here, you say, I want to get right with God. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Well, amen. Well, let's go ahead and pray. Let's pray in agreement over these, and then I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm, I'm to dismiss the rest of y'all, and we're going to minister to these at the altar. You're welcome to stay and intercede for them if you want from your, from your pew. But let's, let's go ahead and pray corporately. Father, I thank you for tonight. I thank you, Lord, that we see and know that as people that are weighed down with worry, that are struggling, Lord God, with different things in their life. Lord, you want to be their, their burden bearer, Lord. You want them to cast every single one of these things off of their lives, off of their shoulders, and onto you. So, Father, I pray tonight in the name of Jesus that that weights would drop off, that worry would be broken, and that, Lord God, restoration and health would take place, Lord, in Jesus' name. Father, I pray for all of these that are at the altar and everyone uh, else that is here tonight, our brothers and sisters. I pray your blessing and your touch to be upon them. Pray your grace to be released over them, Lord God, as they go tonight. Watch them, protect them as they go. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen and amen.